One of the most surprising things about Easter is how surprised everyone was. No one expected the tomb to be empty. No one expected Jesus to snatch this victory from the jaws of defeat. No one expected a resurrection, even though Jesus had told them. All of his followers had heard about resurrection. He told them in big grand gestures and metaphors. Like when he had been teaching in Jerusalem at the start of the same week we've just ended. And he said, tear down this temple and I will raise it up in three days. And Jesus had told them in much plainer language. He had told them point blank, I must die. And on the third day, I will rise from the dead. But no one expected it. Everyone had heard him say it, but no one expected it. As soon as the angels mentioned it, the women remembered. Everyone knew and no one expected it. They had heard about it, but no one thought that they would see it. And what's most surprising about Easter is what a surprise it was. But of course, none of us can blame the women or the 12. They'd never seen a resurrection before. And it can be hard enough for us to believe the things that we have seen if we do not see them often. It seems that we have settled into a world of fatalism, one in which we believe too much of our lives is predictable in charts and graphs before it ever gets here. We have a sense that there's very little that we can do about it. For these last few weeks, we have been told that all we should be doing is sitting back, is waiting. It feels as if so much is out of our hands. We've entered a world where we don't expect things to change very quickly, if at all. We're headed into an election season in which everyone says they want our politics to be less divisive, but no one seems to believe that it can change. Church folks worry that not as many people believe as it seems they used to, and some church folks have stopped looking for revival just around the corner. Instead, we look for who we can blame. We settle for winning fights because we've stopped looking to win people's hearts. There was a time when our biggest fears were things we could see. There was a time when we worried about totalitarian empires and nuclear war, but now our fear is that there are just too many invisible, unfixable things around us to fear. We don't believe in big victories, and we also don't believe in big defeats just a steady stream of things that we have lost. We've never had more access to more knowledge of what is going on in the world around us, and that knowledge has made us suspicious of how precarious life is. It's not that we lack good things to celebrate. They are all around us even now, every single day, but we focus our attention on the worries and we focus our attention on the sorrows because those are the things that seem so much more permanent. No matter how good the good things are, we think they can't last. And we live as if the powers of this world have more finality than the glory of God. And we do what we can. We try to keep our hopes up. We show up on a Sunday morning, even when we cannot gather together. Maybe some of you even put on your Sunday best. This morning we are singing songs and we are saying prayers. 
And we are doing our best, but sometimes even our best efforts keep us from seeing the best that God can do. I mean, out of all Jesus' followers, nobody did better than the women. The women stayed with Jesus all the way to the cross. The women went to Jesus at the tomb. They went early and they went with the spices and all the preparations made. They went while the disciples held, hid behind closed doors and they went to honor Jesus' body, to anoint it and care for it in the proper way. They showed up at church on Sunday, bringing their Sunday best, even when they didn't expect anything to really change. And even they almost missed it. They saw the stone rolled away, but they didn't know what to make of that. They saw the angels and they heard the angels, but only when they heard the angels did they remember what Jesus had said. Peter heard and then he saw, and let's give Peter some credit here because he cared enough to go and to check it all out. But when he got there, he didn't believe. He walked away wondering what had happened. And Sunday is here and there you all are. And after the darkness of Friday night, the dawn of Easter has broken on us all. We have traded in mournful tunes this morning. We're done singing about sorrow and sacrifice. Now we sing about victory and resurrection. And we see the comments. We see the viewers logged in. We know there are so many other people here to celebrate with us. It's almost as if we can hear the hallelujahs. But the women... And the disciples, they saw some things too. And they heard some things too. They saw abandoned grave clothes. The women heard angels. The twelve heard the women. But for all that they saw and all that they heard, they were all still wondering what was really going on. What difference did it really make after all? And maybe that's some of us this morning. Gathered on this most beautiful day gathered to sing beautiful songs and wondering what difference it really makes. We have seen and we have heard and we've come together this morning because that's the right and the proper thing to do. But do we really expect a resurrection? Brothers and sisters, can I tell you the best thing about a resurrection? It doesn't matter if you expected it or not. No matter what the women expected, it didn't matter what the 12 believed. On Easter Sunday, the tomb was empty and Jesus was on the move. Who could have expected all that came out of Easter? Who could have expected that the first ones to preach the good news would be the women? Who could have expected that that fickle, flighty group of people that we call the Twelve would go on to become the mightiest missionaries that the world had ever seen? They would turn their city and then they would turn the world upside down with their preaching. Nobody expected that. Nobody went looking for it, but it happened. And resurrection is the day that the fact matters more than our feelings. Resurrection changes everything. And the most important thing it changes is what we believe about who gets the last word. In the word that we expect, in the world that we expected, death and sin are a constant threat. It feels as if 
No matter what we've done, no matter what good we've done, one mistake could ruin it forever. It feels like at the end of a good life, death is so permanent. When we say nothing lasts forever, what we really mean is nothing good lasts forever. And when we fear defeat, it's not that it's so bad, it's just that it's so permanent. But because of resurrection, the story is changed and the script is flipped. And today there is nothing, nothing. There is nothing that will outlast the good news. Because of resurrection, the worst word will never have the last word. Because Jesus was raised, we are all headed toward a day when he returns and when we are raised. And if we are in Jesus, then we have not reached the end of our story until it is being told with glory. And the worst thing will not have the last word in our lives because the tomb is empty and Jesus is Lord and Jesus is still on the move. And this living Lord who is on the move, this Jesus who can turn every sorrow into surprise, he's going to have the last word. And if you want to see him, if you want to hear him, if you want to believe his goodness when you see it, then his invitation is simple. The Lord who is risen and on the move makes it as simple as this. He says, follow me. Follow me. That's what the women were doing, even in death, isn't it? And we're drawing near and pressing close, even when they didn't know what to expect. And that's the invitation that the Lord is offering us right now. Follow me. I can't tell you what to expect out of Jesus. I can't tell you everything that you will see and hear along the way if you follow him. Jesus is still surprising me after all these years. But I can promise this. That if you will give him the last word in your life, then no other power will be able to take that word away from him. If you're going to follow him, it will mean giving up on some of the things you've come to expect. It'll mean turning away from what the world calls business as usual. It means turning from sin and turning toward him. It means giving him the last word and how you spend your time, your money, your energy, even your thoughts. And maybe, maybe you'd rather wait. Until you're just a little bit more sure before you give your life to Jesus, before you go all in on following him. Imagine if the women had waited. They didn't know what to expect, but they drew near anyway. They didn't quite know what they had seen or heard, but they told it anyway. And here's the good news. The best thing about resurrection is it doesn't matter what doubts you might have. The resurrection is still true. You may stumble. You may lose sight of Jesus along the way, but isn't that all the more reason to start right now? Jesus is on the move and he's giving you the invitation. Now, if you feel him calling you, if you are ready to follow him, then don't expect him to be in the same place tomorrow. He's alive and on the move. Fifteen times I've preached an Easter sermon. And after all this time, I still can't quite find the right words for it. Jesus always seems to be moving a little bit further ahead of me. But for all that I don't know, there is one thing I do. Resurrection means Jesus will have the last word. Our biggest fears, our smallest fears, and don't we have a lot of them these days? They'll all be surprised when they see their victories are undone. And today, on this most surprising Easter. The best surprise is still on the way.
All you have to do when Christ says, follow me, is say, I will. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, over and over you have called us to follow. And even now you are calling us. I pray this morning, Lord, for someone who for the very first time wants to say, you are my Lord and I will follow you. And I pray for those of us who are recommitting ourselves to that after a long time away. Teach us to trust in the fact of the empty tomb above and beyond ourselves. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.